You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, moving beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect yoga and psychology and apply them to everyday life? My name is Jen, I'm your host, yoga teacher, holistic therapist, and the founder of Connect Home Yoga. Every week on the show, we'll explore different topics from yogic and psychological perspectives. We'll also be discussing different healing practices and self-coaching techniques, and occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests from around the world. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast. Wherever you are on your journey, I'll meet you there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. I'm very excited to have you guys here today. It is the final countdown, um, and I've had um, probably nine final countdowns until my birthday on July 30th. (laughs) I very much enjoy my birthday. I'm very much looking forward to the plans that we have. Yeah, I'm very excited for July 30th every year, every year, every year. Just so excited. Um... And maybe not as much as when I was a child, but um, but still freakishly almost. <laughs> so I'm very excited for my birthday. Mm, I'm very excited for our plans. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to be sharing it all on my IG like a crazy person. It's going to be fun. It's going to be... It's going to be fun. Um, But I will be disconnecting for a bit, though. Real talk. I will be disconnecting for a bit. It's been one of the busiest summers I've ever had in terms of uh, work and various things. But at the same time, we've managed to keep uh, a really good work-life balance. And obviously, it helps that we've moved to this beautiful island. And that helps keep this work-life balance uh, going and it's a lot easier yeah but we believe it or not have to make the time right it's so easy to just spend all day in front of the computer doing uh doing all your work and catching up on this and catching up on that or trying this and trying that and saying hey I have this spare time now maybe maybe I should try that and so on and so forth so actually believe it or not for me anyway it was an adjustment I had to be like okay no no these days you don't do this those days you don't do that uh these days you do this and those days you do that and so anyway uh finding some kind of work-life balance has been really important to me lately and it's been definitely top priority for me since we got here and uh I'd say that the first few weeks were definitely actually the first couple of weeks were they felt like holiday and then we had Thomas's birthday, and then, uh, so that all felt like a holiday. And then we kind of got into the nitty-gritty of things. We kind of got into the different things we had to do, and making different plans, and then we got our residency, and then we did some different things. And I'm telling you, ever since we finished the whole residency thing, and got the bits that we needed, like there were some bits I wanted to get for around the house, uh, there were some things I wanted to get for myself, frankly, that I'd been waiting to get... Uh, like my paddleboard. Oh my god! I finally got my paddleboard, <laughs> and I'd been doing research since we were in London on what paddleboard I wanted to get. And uh, then we had done research here, and then we thought, do you know what? Instead of ordering it, let's just go to the mainland, go to the shop, and buy the paddleboard. <laughs> so we did. We went to the shop. We bought the paddleboard, and I was so excited, you guys. I it was honestly one of the best investments I've made ever. <laughs> it was so fun. And uh, just just being out on the water and sitting there and just not even necessarily paddling the entire time, like just going out as far as I possibly can or as far as I feel like it. And then just sitting on the board 
and you can see nothing. You can kind of see the island from far. I tend to go quite far, actually. And then, you know, the beach is just getting smaller and smaller. And then you can see all the different beaches and you can even see parts of the island over the hills, you know, the further you go. And it's just the water is sparkling and feeling amazing. And I just sit there and sometimes even lie there, frankly, on my board, just chilling. And I can I can spend hours there. I'm not even kidding. Every time I go out on my board, it's hours. Uh, I also bring my snorkeling gear with me. So for like whenever I just feel like going to snorkel and I kind of tie my board to my ankle or I just keep it near me as I snorkel. Uh, it's really, really fun. Thomas and I both actually are loving the board and loving our new snorkeling gear. We also got new snorkeling gear. If you follow my Instagram stories, I was all about that. I even took that nice selfie with me and my snorkeling gear squeezing my face. It was it was grand. Um, I hope you didn't miss it. I hope you got to see that. <laughs> I'm sure your life is no longer going to be the same now. Uh, so yeah, go check that out. I think I put it in my highlights as well in under lifestyle probably or perhaps island home. Either way, check it out. It's probably one of the best selfies ever. I look great. I'm being very sarcastic by the way. <laughs> I look like such a such a fool with that with that selfie. It's so funny. Anyway, um. And also to just side note, I had no idea what I was going to look like in that picture. I literally just took it before getting in the water and I had no idea. And then when I saw it later without the sun and kind of like in the shade and, you know, able to see what happened, I was like, wow. So that's been on my IG stories for hours. Fantastic. I guess we just have to leave it there now. And so there it is. Okay, but this is not why you tuned in. Uh, I was just giving you some <laughs> some, uh, some updates on what's going on. Uh, yeah, ever since we got what we needed done, it's been very lovely. It's been a lot more relaxing. We finally got a lot of things out of the way and we can finally just prepare for my birthday and prepare to enjoy um, the summer, really. Not that we've not been enjoying it. It's been it's been great. It's been fantastic. It's just that now so many things are done and checked and like checked off the list. And obviously that's a beautiful feeling. Uh, yay. So I'm really happy about that, to be honest. And uh, now some things in the works for in terms of work so okay kind of a busy summer in terms of the work that I'm doing but also really really fun it's a choice I'm choosing to do this work because I'm really excited and I have a lot of things coming up in the next couple of months one of them okay the BB membership had has been rebranded retransformed new and improved to the BB membership it was YBB now it's BB membership why is this because people were asking me if the YBB membership and course was going to be good for them, the yoga business balance membership course was going to be good for them if they were not yogis or yoga teachers or yoga business owners and so on. And the answer is that absolutely it was. It was totally still going to work for you. Well, I mean, as in if it weren't going to work for you, that would not have been why. Um, so for that reason, and because I realized that it was quite niched, <laughs> I decided to extend it a little bit more in a more obvious way in a more clear way I decided to expand it to well-being business owners as a whole so health and well-being business owners yogis like yoga teachers yoga business owners health coaches uh you know any field really where you're helping people transform their lives live healthier lives therapists, holistic therapists, all of that, uh, nutritionists. So, uh, or, you know, all of those fields. I mean, I'm, I'm probably missing a lot of them. So I'm trying to be kind of like holistic therapist, health and wellness, health and well-being, uh, yoga, all of that stuff, yoga therapists, etc. It's for you. Okay. And so because we talk so much about 
balance uh, in life and in business and boundaries and this and that. I have called it Boundaries for Balance. So for those of you who don't know this, I actually have an ebook coming out called Boundaries for Balance. And I've had two episodes on this podcast called Boundaries for Balance, part one and part two. And so I thought, okay, I think it's niched enough <laughs> in a way because we're talking about boundaries. Uh, and though you can apply boundaries to everything, and we discussed that in BB, I still think that boundaries are quite a specific thing. They're quite a specific field and they deserve to be regarded as such. Boundaries are something very specific, but also kind of holistic. It's, it's, uh, anyway, we talk about all of that in BB <laughs> and I talk about that on my Instagram and on my website. And I just think that boundaries, there's, there's, there's a really important space for boundary work right now. And I think that it should be taken up. That space should be taken up. So anything boundary work, I think is really important and trying to find different ways where we can apply boundary work. That's the key right now, at least for me and for the work that I'm doing. So YBB is now the BB membership and it's called, instead of yoga business balance, it's boundaries for balance. And we talk about how to apply boundaries to cultivate balance in life and in business. You'd be surprised as well how many ways there are to apply boundaries to your life and your business. That's the beauty of it, is that it's not just in relationships or uh, um, with ourselves or with a person with whom we have conflict. No, it's actually within your business and not just with time management and organization, although that's paramount. It's also in your branding and in your marketing. Brands have values, brands have boundaries. And so we talk about all of that. And so naturally, it's not only about boundaries. It's about a lot of things. Conversations take off, discussions take off. We explore a lot of things. But the main thing is always to remember balance and boundaries and how they kind of bring you back always and kind of keep you focused and keep you in line in your life and your business so that you can have a sustainable life, sustainable lifestyle habits and a sustainable business, right? That you can carry over the long term and that is profitable for you and that serves you over the long term. Uh, so that's basically how I've framed the educational platform. And so boundaries for balance, here we are. Uh, so that's one thing that's happening that's very, very exciting. That new and improved bundle of joy is, sounds like a baby, but it kind of feels like a baby. I've been working on it for a long time. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's that. Um, that will be opening, the enrollment will be opening for that on August 10th. Okay, so August 10th, boundaries for balance, membership is open for enrollment. The course is not open for enrollment yet, you guys. It's not. I will keep you posted. It's not open yet. Uh, it's just the membership that's open right now. Okay. The second thing that I have that I can't fully disclose right now, but that I also kind of want to eek about, and that was supposed to be like a squeal, but anyway, uh, is this collab that I have going on with a beautiful, beautiful soul who's been on the show. Her name is Safa Arias, uh, Arias from, from, nourishing paths. She's amazing. Her podcast episode actually dropped today and it had me on it. <laughs> I was the interviewee on it and it was so fun. It was actually kind of weird to hear myself. It's never my favorite thing to do, but it was actually okay. It was a really fun discussion. I remember it so well. It was when I was back in London and it just can't believe how time flies. Honestly, I remember recording it and she hadn't even launched a podcast yet and now she's launched it and it's brilliant and you guys have to check it out. It's called You Uplifted. You Uplifted, amazing, please go check it out, it's great, not just my episode, um, although 
please do and tell me what you think. But in general, just check out the podcast. She's great. She's also been on this show. So you can go to previous episodes and you can find her there as well. Safa Arias. We talked about healing core wounds, that kind of thing on our episode. And my episode with her, like the one that aired today, was about boundary work and healing and all of that stuff. So that's another thing. And we have something dropping in September. So in just two months... Safa and I have this awesome thing dropping. You're going to love it, especially you boundary work geeks like me. (laughs) If you're loving that kind of thing right now, you're going to really, really love this project that we have. So stay tuned. You'll love it. Okay. So that's my big rant for today. That's all I have. Um, The second thing is going to be the actual uh, content for this episode. So this episode is about healing and how we cannot heal others and they cannot heal us. Only we can heal us. And so this is part two of a two-part episode. Last week we talked about Asteya and reality denial. So we talked about how uh, Asteya is about non-stealing. It's one of the yamas in yoga and it's about non-stealing, non-greed, not taking what has not been offered to us. And reality denial, uh, the way we described it and the way we used it was more about denying our own truths, denying our own realities, and also when someone else denies our reality and our truth and what to do about it. And so we're going to be talking about that as well today, and we're going to be talking about more healing practices that we can employ to deal with this kind of thing. So reality denial, the way we were discussing it, was about someone... Well, basically denying your reality and not necessarily just saying, oh, no, that's not true when you tell your story, but actually behaving in such a way that things did not happen or that things happen differently than they actually did when there's real verifiable evidence to the contrary. For example, if you had been subjected to abuse as a child and then later on in life, people in the family are talking about these things as if you were not abused or as if these things did not happen. Uh, that would be denying someone's reality. If you've expressed yourself about these things and there's verifiable truth uh, and evidence to this and it's known, but it's not being spoken about and it's being ignored despite your openness about it or despite your trying to explain that this happened, um, that is denial, that is reality denial. Um, Also, just acting in such a way that it did not happen when you know that they remember, but they're just denying it and they're recreating history, rewriting the story uh, or rewriting history. That is also reality denial. And whilst it's not necessarily meant to hurt you, and we'll discuss that further in a moment, it does hurt. And that's a quite serious version of it, but it can be in other ways as well. It could also be somebody denying your accomplishments, denying your achievements, denying your education, uh, denying your success and all of that kind of thing as well, which is serious as well, of course, but um, not perhaps not as much as this, uh, the first one. And of course, there's the combo. There's just, you know, being in an environment where everything is being denied. And we're going to unpack that as well, this episode. Um, Now, I'm going to use certain case studies just to demonstrate my point and to explain my point of view and the different things that we're going to discuss, uh, my opinion as well as some actual fact, as always, and find that balance and see how we can apply to everyday life. And of course, see how it can apply to your life um, in the ways that, you know, your story is unique and probably different than what I'm going to talk about. Uh, So just keep that in mind when I'm talking about 
the different aspects in this episode. These are specific case studies or perhaps certain situations. It might not be yours. Um, but of course, you know, uh, it's just here meant to guide you and to offer you different considerations and different perspectives into how you can handle this side of this kind of thing. Because it is, as most of our topics uh, cover, it's a, it is a, t- a touchy subject. All right, so here we are. So reality denial, where does that stem from? Where does reality denial stem from? Well, simply put, it stems from what we call in psychology, denialism. Denialism is what happens when someone is trying to deny reality in order to avoid an uncomfortable truth. And now, this doesn't necessarily have to involve other people. It can be something that the person is doing personally on their own to deny their past, to deny mistakes that they've made, regrets that they have, or abuse that they endured. Okay, so denialism is not necessarily that this person is trying to deny someone else's reality. It can also be that they're denying their own reality because it's too difficult to face. So let's first understand that before we go and see how this can sometimes be done to others from one person to another. A, to understand where it stems from and B, to also be able to practice compassion for these people uh, or for or when it happens to people, these instances, because often it become it it will in most cases it does start at, from a personal space and then it sometimes not always gets uh projected onto others okay so being mindful of that we're going to start from where it stems and that's obviously from within the person so people who will be in denial will have trouble facing things that have happened in their lives you'll often find these people recall their past in a way that is not correct. So you'll hear different stories from probably everybody else in the family or everybody else who was there, if it's one particular instance, or from everybody in the family over the years, if, you know, if they were all there over the years, you'll hear that the stories are told differently. And you'll see that this person genuinely believes that this is how it happened. And now this is tricky and we're not going to unpack the entire psychology of memory and of denialism in this episode um, and of all these things and of trauma, etc. What we're talking about in this particular case is people who, I wouldn't say on a superficial level, but let's say uh, in a level that's more practical for this episode and for what we're talking about today, someone who denies reality and for the most part is aware that the that that's not how it actually went down. Okay, we're going to keep it somewhat light. So now in some cases, they... Uh, will genuinely have rewritten it for themselves. This is how they can cope with their lives. They need to rewrite it. They need to to create like a convenient theory for themselves or a a convenient version of reality for themselves. This is what helps them cope, okay? And like I said, this often stems from a survival mode or a coping mechanism from the past, from childhood, from a past trauma. Uh, It can actually be quite quite deeply rooted. Um... And so what happens after that is it's kind of their coping mechanism for everything. And so, uh, and the, the problem is, is that we often don't see the beginning. We just see the end where they're, rea- where they're denying our reality and then we don't see the source. And so it's difficult for us to practice uh, compassion because we don't see it and we're too busy trying to assert our truths and assert our realities. And whilst it's important for us to do those things and assert ourselves and speak up for ourselves and speak up for our truth 100%, it is also important to understand so that you can contextualize, it's important to understand where it comes from. And so that's why I'm talking about this. So in most cases, 
this stems, it's a coping mechanism for people. Uh, they look at what they can handle and if they can't handle it, they make it so that they can digest it, so that they can handle it, okay? And when they do this for their own sakes or when they do this for their lives or for the events in their lives, that's one thing. Um, I mean, it's always for their sake, but I'm saying if the events that they're trying to recall or the things that they're trying to suppress or the history that they're trying to rewrite is their own, that's one thing. Okay. And we're not talking about that today. We're talking about when it becomes that they're rewriting your history, your story, denying your truth, your reality, your recollection of events, your abuse, your trauma, or your successes, your accomplishments, your education, your whatever it might be. Okay. That's what we're talking about it. And so when that happens, it then definitely becomes more problematic for you in that now it's affecting your life naturally, right? And so whilst it's not pleasant for anybody to go through these things, it's not really our job to sort that out for someone else, unless it's actually our job. And that's what we're doing <laughs> because we're specialists in that particular thing. But most of the time, we're not, right? When we're dealing with something in life, we're not dealing with it as professionals, right? We're dealing with it on a human level, on a non-professional level. And when we're dealing with it on a professional level, it's already different because we're helping this person, we're treating this person, and it's, you know, it's a separate thing. But when we're dealing with these issues on, on a personal level, it's definitely unsettling and, and challenging, right? If someone is, t is denying your reality all the time and denying your accomplishments and denying your story uh, because they can't handle it, that's not the same thing as them wanting to suppress regrets that they have or pain that they've been through. That's not the same thing. And again, this is not to shame anyone or to say that what they've been through is not painful and all of that stuff, but going through pain and going through a hard time is not really an excuse for treating other people poorly, okay? It can explain some things, it can contextualize, which is why I, I brought it up in this episode, but it does not excuse it. So I just want to make that distinction right now. Um, but with that in mind, we understand that when people go through something, though it does not excuse it, it does explain it and it can help us understand. And then it can help us understand what we need to do in order to handle it ourselves in the situation. So first of all, you don't have to unpack or analyze everything that happened in someone's life. If you happen to know, well then great, you have more of a story, you have more to go on that can perhaps help you. Uh, and that's great. But you don't always have that context. What you can do, however, regardless of the amount of context you have in, about someone's life, is understand that everyone does have a story. Everybody does have a story. And just like you have a story. And the same way you don't enjoy someone denying your reality and writing over your truth and, and muffling your voice and your existence, well, we should extend the same courtesy to everybody else. We should not muffle them. We should recognize that they have a story and also acknowledge that they may have gone through some very difficult things. As I always say, where pain is caused, pain is felt. And usually we're mirroring what we've been through. So you can imagine that if someone is doing something to you, more likely than, than not, they've gone through something similar themselves. Okay. And so when you have that in mind, you can kind of think to yourself, okay, so this doesn't excuse what you're doing, but it contextualizes it for me. And I understand that you're your own person with your own trauma and your own coping mechanisms. And so I'm not going to, you know, want to punish you or want to really get into what you're doing and how I can change this and how I can fix this because it's not on me to do that. You have to change and you have to fix it. If you want to change and you want to fix it, that's not on me. 
Because even a psychologist or a psychiatrist cannot change or fix someone. That's that's just a fact. Yeah, you can help, but you cannot fix or change someone. Okay, so you certainly cannot either, right? And it's nobody's job to do that for anyone. Only the person themselves can change or fix what they want to fix or change what they want to change. So that's a fact. Now that that's out of the way, we can understand that when we're leading into the situation, of course, our egos are going to be there to protect us, right? The ego is going to be like, whoa, what are you doing? Denying my truth, denying my reality. What is this? Why are you acting like this didn't happen? Why are you acting like you weren't even there and that you didn't see this happen? This is something that I had to really struggle with, or this is something that I went through that was really difficult for me. And now you're acting like it never happened. And that's making me very frustrated, frustrated. Sorry. (laughs) When that happens, of course, your ego is there to protect you. But then it becomes problematic when you then lead with ego to respond, okay? We should never really use ego to respond because then actually we're reacting and that doesn't really serve us, okay? So ego is there to protect us, but as we've discussed last episode, ego doesn't have the highest emotional intelligence. Simply put, it really does not. So whilst it's there to protect us, we then, as conscious beings with more than just ego have to kind of come back check ourselves and be like right okay so I'm feeling this right now here's my ego all like hey what's up what's going on here I am what's going on with this guy who's this guy and you're just there like it's okay ego chill we got this like it's more complicated than that thank you very much for being there and for being my alarm but we'll take care of it from here essentially like that sounds weird but it actually can make it quite interesting like easy to understand when you see it that way um, as a dialogue kind of, you know, and so you, you check yourself and you say, okay, pardon, you say, okay, I can take it from here. What are we going to do? So now that ego has, you know, no longer has central center stage, you can have center stage and say, okay, with all that I know and using my mind properly here and my emotions properly here and my lessons learned and all my tools from my toolbox, what can, how can I respond to this properly? A, Understand that every person is their own person with their own story and their own past. A. B. Understand that just like you don't like for someone to not acknowledge that reality in you, you don't want to deny that other person that reality or that right. C. You understand that this does not mean you're excusing the behavior, but it does allow you to uh, um, contextualize the behavior, which will allow you to then respond properly. Yes? And that also detaches you from ego. Often, when we can kind of see the other person as a person and we humanize them, ego tends to calm down. Because once you humanize the person and you say, okay, okay, you're kind of seeing them on a human-to-human level rather than ego-to-attacker level. And when you do that, the ego calms down and says, okay, she's got it. We're good. And that's where you need to meet that person. It doesn't matter if they're not meeting you there. Again, you don't behave or act or respond in a way that is a comeback or, well, they did this, so I'll do that. No, that's not how we live our lives. We live our lives by our own terms. So do that with all of your responses as much as possible, right? Um, as in, like, keep that in mind as your guidance, okay? Uh, that you do things for your on your own terms and for yourself, not because of how somebody else treats you. Okay, because we're responsible for our own actions. We have to hold ourselves accountable with our, for our own actions and our own responses. Okay, so when you keep that in mind, you understand that it does not excuse their behavior, but it does allow you to contextualize 
the situation and contextualize their pain perhaps or their actions and then see them on a human level rather than an ego to attacker level. And then the next thing, I think we're at D now, uh, the next thing as well is that then how do I want to react, uh, re respond? Do I want to react or do I want to respond? Am I going to react and just give in and be like, oh, I'm so triggered. You're so intolerable. What you did is so wrong. Attack. Do you want to do that? It's so tempting, right? It's so tempting to give in to ego and just get all rattled up by the, the, the feelings that we're feeling. And it's so easy to just give in to that. It's kind of like when, um, you know, it, it's like a craving almost, right? It's like when you give in to a craving and then you're like, oh, was that all it was? was that as good as I thought it was going to be? No, not really. Right. And we derive more pleasure from planning to do it or from thinking that we're going to do it than actually doing it. Right. And we talked about this in closure versus revenge. Our brains actually derive more pleasure, uh, from p p plotting the revenge or plotting the comeback or planning the whole thing, right? This, this sense of gaining control over a situation where we're feeling attacked or whatever, where ego is activated. We then feel like getting control over that situation is the best feeling. And then there you have adrenaline and cortisol, boom, you're like, yes, this is what I need to be doing. But then actually when it happens, you're like, oh, so that's okay. Well, that's a letdown because you, re you reacted. And so you had that big high and then you crashed. That's what happened. So that's why we tend to think that that's the best thing. We tend to want to give in to it because it's that beautiful high, right? We're like, yeah, let me get into this. Yeah. But actually it doesn't serve anybody and it certainly does not serve you. So what happens in those situations, like I said, when you feel that your ego is activated and you're thinking, okay, there it is. Be mindful of that. Recognize that ego is activated and think, okay, ego is activated right now. It's, it's an alarm. Okay. What do I do? Because I know I got this. So ego, please sit down. Let's let's look at the situation holistically and not just through the lens of ego. And how do you look at the situation through a holistic lens? You understand that well, a ego is being activated, and that's and that if when you're aware of that, you're thinking, okay, okay, now I know that. And so as soon as you know that ego is activated, you know that what you're feeling is not like the almighty truth. Often, what happens when ego is activated is that we then feel like all the feelings are the almighty truth and we must react accordingly but that's not the case ego is just there like but it doesn't mean that it's like you know that all hell broke loose you know it's just like an alarm and then you think okay cool sit relax uh, to ego I, I mean and then you say right let's look at this in a holistic way I understand that right now I'm being triggered or that something happened that I'm not okay with I'm going to react properly and so I'm going to respond. And responding and reacting are not the same thing. Reaction is an action that comes after an action. <laughs> and responding, well, is a response. To me, that's more of a mindful kind of reaction or a more mindful way of, of behaving after something happens. And so we realize that then it's not the almighty truth, that trigger we're feeling, all the emotions that come with that, that's a, that's a hormonal uh, surge, yeah? It's a chemical boost or high that's happening and then you want to just go full full throttle right <laughs> like this crazy adrenaline thing but don't give in to that and instead say okay I know that that's happening now let's all come in here in a holistic way and see what we can do to look at this situation rationally and uh, kindly and uh, holistically really and in a balanced way so then you say okay now that that's sorted I'm going to think okay what's this person doing why 
and why is this affecting me this way? Why am I struggling with this right now? Okay, because I'm triggered because this is something that's reoccurring. It's something that they've done before or it's something that's just hurtful. It's something that's crappy and I feel like calling them out on it. I feel like saying, excuse me, this is really wrong. I'm going to stand up for, for myself or for the person or whatever. I'm going to stand up for so-and-so or for myself and, and call you out on this. And that's perfectly fair, right? It's perfectly fair to stand up for yourself. However, again, Understand that it cannot come from a place of ego and you'll know the difference. Standing up for yourself in a way that is not from a place of ego will sound a lot different than standing up for yourself in a place that is coming from ego. Okay, like for example, if someone says to me, oh, uh, um, oh, well, you know, if somebody recalls a story from my childhood or whatever, somebody in my family and they completely twist it and it's like, really, you knew that that didn't happen like that. Okay. And you were there, like there's total verifiable evidence to like to prove that I'm right. <laughs> and you're rewriting this in a way that's actually really annoying because this happened and it wasn't okay. For example, in that case, am I going to say, oh my God, I'm so triggered. Look what they're doing, denying my reality. Oh my God. It's like, no, I'm going to be like, right, this is the feeling I'm feeling right now. I know exactly what's happening. But instead of giving in and losing myself entirely to this, I'm going to say, okay, so this is what's happening. They're doing this. It's more to do with them than it's to do with me. At the very least, I'm not going to let it have anything to do with me. I'm no longer, I'm not going to take this projection and make it my reality by reacting, right? Because then I made it real. I react, my actions were based on those actions. So I, I, I validated it. I don't want to validate it. I want to neutralize it and say, okay, ego, thank you for letting me know. That wasn't fun. I get you. Thanks for having my back. Now I'm there realizing that this is not my problem. This is not, I am not this story. I am not this projection. And I am not what they're saying that I am. And my story is not what they're saying my story is. So instead, I'm going to assert my story. I'm not going to over-explain or justify myself or fight a losing battle. No, because that is ego-driven. What I will do, however, is perhaps say, you know, oh my God, it really depends on the situation, to be honest. I always get myself into these jams on the show. <laughs> but I would then perhaps say, um, actually, that's not really how I recall that situation happening at all. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure uh, what you're, what you mean by this or by that or where you're going with this. But actually, I don't, I don't recall it like that. And um, something happened that really wasn't okay at that time. And I, uh, and I, I still don't think it's okay. And so I don't really want to act like it's okay and pretend that it's okay because <laughs> it isn't and you're allowed to state that boundary you're allowed to say that okay and it's sometimes uncomfortable often it is uncomfortable especially at the beginning and especially if you're the only one at the table saying it or the only one uh in the conversation saying it that can be difficult yeah but it doesn't mean it's wrong it doesn't mean that you're wrong but you're not coming at a place from of ego you're not coming from a place of ego you're not saying oh but you're wrong and this is that and this is the truth and let me show you what's true and this is it and and trying to prove them wrong and trying to to um um like over explain and 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 basically make your opinion better than theirs and this and that, right? Because everyone is entitled to their own story at the end of the day, right? And if they want to recount it like that and they want to even remember it like that, you can't change that. Again, you cannot change or fix anybody. It isn't your job and it shouldn't be. It's good that it isn't, right? It, it's theirs. Everybody has their own responsibilities to their own life and you have yours. Um, but this also means that they have no responsibility and say in your life, 
So that's a good thing. They have no say, which means that their reality does not deny your reality. Yeah. So remembering that to kind of neutralize the the initial splash of of chemicals or of hormones, right, in your brain and in your body, understanding that actually when ego is activated, you can neutralize that and be like, okay, it's okay. Wait, their reality does not deny my reality. They're recounting the story the way they want to recount it. They're recalling their life the way they want to recall their life. I will not try to over-explain myself. I will not try to justify myself. And I will not try to prove them wrong by proving my opinion. I will not drain my energy like that. And I will not waste my, well, my, waste my energy like that and fight this losing battle. Because if that's truly how they want to do it, whether they consciously are doing it to annoy you, um, or whether that's just what they're living in because that's how they've had to cope, regardless which one it is, it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to then say, you know what? Actually, that's not really how I recall it. That's not how I remember it. And so I don't want to kind of continue this conversation pretending like that's how it went down because it didn't. And that's it. And if they say, well, well, how, what do you mean? How do you recall it? And what do you say? And they try to get antagonistic with you and whatever. Usually in those cases, it's because you've activated the denialism, right? You've kind of, you've triggered their denialism. And so obviously that will not vote well. Uh, some people won't say anything or will just continue to deny because they don't want to rock that boat because rocking that boat would open up an entire can of worms for them and they wouldn't want to do that but sometimes they're ballsy and they'll rock the boat and then the can of worms open and then you're just sitting there like okay well um i'm sorry that those cans of wormed open worms open for you but i had to state my boundary and state my truth here like that's not how i remember it happening that's not how it happened and it just i'm not going to pretend that those things were okay when they weren't i'm sorry um and yeah those cans of worms open sometimes for them but that that's their work. I'm not I'm not saying like go somewhere, cause drama and walk off, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but like if it happens, if it comes up, just say respectfully, you know, that's not how I recall it. And to be honest with you, um I've had to do that in my family as well. I've had to say, you know what, I don't actually agree with that. I think that that's you know that that's not something that I agree with. It's not something that I want in my life. And so I'm going to just kind of set that boundary right there um it's you know they can continue to do whatever they want and it you know this is not about right or wrong or or whatever um but this is my boundary just like they're allowed to live their truth and exist in their reality i'm allowed to exist in mine and uh and if the two aren't compatible then they're just they aren't compatible and that's it you know um and you do that and uh and that's and that's just all it is that there is to it but you cannot heal the other person you cannot be like, look, 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 I'll show you the truth. Look, this is what happened, but don't worry. Together we can fix it. You know, you, you can't do that. Because whilst you're there with all this hope and this this fire inside of you to make everything better, it doesn't mean that the other people are ready to make it better or that they even think there's a problem, right? You don't know that. So it's not really up to you to 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 say, well, I'll fix it or we can fix it or look, 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 let me show you. We can make this better. It doesn't have to be this way. You know, it's um, unfortunate sometimes, but it's uh, it's not always possible. And uh, and you have to remember that when you're giving those parts of yourself because you think you're going to make it better or because you think you can save everybody or heal everyone, you're, you're giving all of yourself to people who will never understand what you're giving. 
uh, and will never be able to give back or actually even receive your energy in, in a in a healthy way. So, you know, it, it becomes more energy drain than actual exchange of energy, right? And sometimes it's going to be okay. Like sometimes, you know, you, you state your boundaries or you open up about things in a family or in a friendship or in a relationship and it can make your relationship stronger, you know? And that's the hope, right? Being open, communicating, being honest, you know, building that trust and being open about your boundaries, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your family, uh, can make your relationships stronger and more intimate. That's very, very true. And so then there's an energy exchange because you're both giving and you're both receiving and there's an energy exchange and it's making the bond stronger. Yeah. And it's a healthy bond, but when it's not a healthy bond and it's not an equal exchange of energy, then what happens is that you're giving, 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 and it's just going to like a bottomless pit source. I guess, or not even source, but like a bottomless pit, yeah, in terms of that particular, uh, like, you know, what you're giving your energy to, essentially, okay, because the other people might not see that there's anything wrong, or the other people might not want to fix it, and that's their prerogative, that's their right, yeah, and and you can't say, well, no, but I know I'm right, because look, you know, it it doesn't really work like that, you know, you're right for you, you're right for your life. And that's, and that's unfortunately all we can be, right? Um, is right for ourselves and, and live, and live a life that is true to us and be true to ourselves, right? At the end of the day, even though ego is there, like, but I know I'm right. Like this actually happened. There's verifiable evidence. Like, yes, yes, of course. I know that I'm not denying that either. Yeah. Um, you know, of course those things are true and there are things that happen that are left hush-hush in a family or in a relationship and uh, and it's difficult when nobody wants to face it and you're there ready to face it like, yeah, let's do this. Like, you know, it can be better than this, but they don't want to face it and that's, and that's it. And I think in families especially, because in relationships you can kind of say, well, I guess this relationship is just isn't for me, right? Or something like that. Or a friendship or whatever. But sometimes in family... Uh, you can't just do that. You, it, it, as in like you can uh, stop having a relationship with certain family members, but some things will still be there. Like for example, uh, you know, for example, my sister and I do not have a relationship, right? Like in real life, <laughs> like actually telling a story, like we don't have a relationship, right? And, and, and it had been a couple of years, but, but yeah, we just didn't have a relationship and well, we did, and then we kind of grew apart, and I decided that I just didn't really want uh, a relationship, to be honest. And then when the wedding planning came, and we were planning our reception in Canada, um, I invited her, because, I mean, she's my sister. And so I thought, well, she's family, she's my sister, I, I have to, I mean, that's just what you do. And so I did, we invited her, and uh, and one thing led to another, and just the reg the same old patterns and the same old behaviors showed up very quickly and we had to make the decision to say you know what um you know please please just uh please do not do not come that day essentially like I'm not going to get into how the whole thing happened but essentially we told her like just not to come and that you know she was no longer to be there and um and at that point, that was just kind of a manifestation of the boundaries I had already set and the decisions I had already made around my relationship with my sister. But it goes to show how we sometimes make exceptions because we think we have to, especially with family. And then we end up realizing like, no, no, we were right to have put that boundary in place. We were right to have said, look, we can 
like obviously you know we live our lives we do whatever but we don't have to live in each other's lives and that's okay um you know and i'm sure it was no skin off her nose too right i'm not saying like oh i i pushed her away and rejected her not at all um yes it was a decision that we made uh to say you know please please uh don't don't come uh, again, I don't really know how to explain how the whole thing happened, but essentially we just respectfully said um, that we no longer wished to to kind of pursue this. And uh, and and again, like like I said, it's uh, obviously it was not a relationship that she really wanted because of the different behaviors and the different things that happened. So obviously it wasn't something that was serving her, uh, at least not in a beneficial way, because I can't possibly imagine how, um, you know, being disrespectful or hurtful in a relationship is serving you. Um, I can't imagine how that was serving her. So I think it's, it was beneficial for both of us to just no longer have the relationship, right? Uh, and to no longer pursue this and just to kind of cut our ties and say, you know what, you go your way, I go my way. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but uh, this is just the way it has to go down now. And so um, and so there we here we are with, with that conclusion. But now that said, it doesn't mean that I never want to see her and that she's this awful person or that, you know, we can never be in the same room together. I even told my parents, like, she can be there when we're in town. We don't mind. We can coexist. It's your home. It's your thing. It's your life. Uh, we're all part of this family. That's perfectly okay. But we just don't have to have her in our lives uh, in terms of like our wedding reception, for example, or any other things that we plan or any other events in our lives, right? Like these are the boundaries that we put in place. But it's not to say that she's not allowed to be around us. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. All to say that in families, it can be particularly murky or I guess tricky like that, right? It's kind of like, okay, on one end, I have this whole thing sorted with, with her. But then on the other end, I'm kind of there like, okay, well, this is fun. Like everyone, you know, it's, it's weird. Um, it's, it's, it's different, I suppose. It's uh, uh, like for my parents in particular, it's kind of weird, right? It must be weird for them. But I reassured them that, you know, it's no problem. Like you just, you do you, like I can't, I have no control over that, nor do I, nor do I want to have control over your life. <laughs> it's not my life to live, you know, um, but that's, but that's it. And so that's setting boundaries is like that, right? You do what you have to do and you stand up for yourself, but you don't take it so far that it's definitely ego driven, right? Where you start to be like, no, she can't be anywhere that I am. And, you know, and making this statement and making this point and this stink because you want to prove that you're right and this and that, that's when it kind of starts to get into more ego stuff. Um, and now, but, of, but of course that can be different as well. Like it can be that you know something very terrible happened and you really just do not want to be around this person that's another story just in my particular case anything more would really just be reliving the drama and just be kind of uh you know just I don't know just reliving the drama for for no reason I guess you know uh, uh or just for the sake of you know family drama can kind of be addictive right and so you get addicted to this 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 drama I suppose and I frankly never liked it and so I, I really try to stay away from it so I would never try to relive it to such a point where I'm constant, constantly making a fuss about it right like it just is what it is um but now that doesn't mean that with other things I don't have uh things to say like sometimes things happen or I hear stories and I will state my opinion and that doesn't go over well necessarily every time right and that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is that I will still have opinions sometimes about the things that happen and 
I will continue to have my opinions, but they're not ego-driven. They're more just stated opinions, and they're just opinions. Do with them what you will. Um, but I share my opinion, you know, because we're discussing and we're talking about things. And I'll share my opinion, and I'll say, well, you know, this, 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 and that. And, and, and that's it, you know. But at the same time, respecting your boundaries as well, and respecting, you know, where you stand with this person, and understanding your relationship there, and supporting you in any way I can. But also, you know, if you're asking me, or if you're telling me, or if it's coming up, I'm going to to be honest, of course, because, well, that's what we do, right? We're discussing and we're talking about it. So I will tell you. And obviously, as a, like a psych person, I definitely uh, have a lot of opinions about things, <laughs> especially with like human interactions and human behavior, obviously. Um, so I will sometimes be like, well, actually, I firmly believe that this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But even that, right? Like, I don't want to give in to ego and be like, oh, my educated opinion or my educated guess or this is what I think. And I don't want to say that no matter what I think about it or no matter what or no matter how right, quote unquote, I think I am, because that then is something else. And so if you ask, I will tell, but it is still just my assessment, my opinion. Um, it's not more than that. You still have to live your own life. And this applies to my work with clients as well. I say what I say, and we do the work that we do, but at the end of the day, you're doing the work. Like you take and let go of whatever you want to take, uh, whatever you want to take from this or whatever you want to let go of. Yeah. It doesn't make the work any more, any less powerful. It makes it more powerful because you're choosing how the work is going to affect your life. So that's another boundary that you put in place for how you filter out information in your life, right? So truly boundaries are everywhere and we can find balance in the way that we interact in all aspects of our lives. And that's, well, also the point of Boundaries for Balance, the educational platform, and also just part of life and part of what I'm really passionate about. So and helping people find that balance, and 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 it's a nice tango that I that I uh, a nice little dance that I dance uh, daily, right? We all dance our different dances daily, and we all make our different mistakes and uh, and have our little victories every day, uh, and that's the human experience. That's the human. That's that's the human journey. So don't be hard on yourself about that. Or don't think, oh, you know, I I I messed up, or oh, I I I went back to an old way. No, uh, healing. Uh, boundary setting, uh, you know, finding peace, all of that stuff, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's not a linear process. Grief, you know, for example, is another one, definitely not a linear process. So it's not really about, oh, I went backwards or, oh, I did this like I used to. It's like, okay, so that happened, but you've recognized it, which means that you are doing really well. You are consciously moving forward on your journey, if you will, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You've noticed it. You're doing something about it. Um, and so, so that's what you need to put your emphasis on not the fact that you may have uh, employed a, an old coping mechanism or that you may have made a mistake or that you may have set the boundary poorly or whatever it is that you're saying um you know uh, i don't know what what each thing everybody is saying but you know the ones i hear most are oh i went back or oh i did this thing that i hadn't done in so long or oh like you know i was doing so well with this relationship and then i went back and did that like those are the typical ones you hear you know i went back i did that again or i i didn't set my boundary or oh, I, I crossed my boundary and this and that okay but now you know there was a time where you hadn't even put your boundaries in place now you have them and so, of course, we're going to mess up every now and then. Of course, we're going to do something and be like, whoops, <laughs> so that happened, right? But the point is kind of what you're going to do about it, right? That's the most important part. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, so emphasize that in your life, rather, and talk to yourself more about that 
see the positives in your life. Like, what can I do? What did I do well? What can I do more of? Rather than, what did I do badly? What should I do less of? You know? Uh, I just find the way that we speak to ourselves as well and the way that we acknowledge our, our, our experiences every day, you know, instead of saying, oh, I did that terribly. I'm so stupid. I failed. Oh my goodness. I'm so ashamed. I feel so guilty, et cetera, et cetera. We can say something like, oh, I did that. That crossed my boundaries. Well, now I know and I'm going to do less of that later. Or from now on, I'm going to do more of this instead. And then you focus on the more of this instead part. Yeah. And so that's, that's another boundary you can put with yourself is how will I speak to myself? A and B, what will I do about the things that are not necessarily favorable to me or that are not serving me rather than saying, Oh, I did this awful thing to myself. I'm terrible. Just ask yourself, did this serve me? No, it did not. So we're going to let go of that practice or that habit. And we're going to adopt this one instead. And we focus on the positive ones and we're careful about the way that we speak to each other, uh, ourselves. Because very quickly, our language can become detrimental to our well-being. So that's another boundary you can put with yourself, yeah? And so, to wrap it up, essentially, the point here is just to say that only you can heal you. And only you have the power and the choice to make your healing process one that serves you and one that actually allows you to heal and find balance and harmony and peace. Only you have that. No one else can do that for you. And nobody else can provide you with peace. Nobody else can do anything that will make you heal. Because even if behaviors were to change or relationships were to change or dynamics were to change, that still wouldn't heal you. If you have something to heal from, and we all do, only the healing process would he will heal you. Only the healing process heals. Only the healing process heals. If then... A relationship changes or a dynamic changes or, or things evolve in such a way that you're like, oh, wow, that's not going to heal you. That's just going to be a beautiful happening in your life and a beautiful evolution to a relationship. That's all. And all that comes with that, of course. But it will still not heal you. There are still things you need to heal from. Uh, like I said, as we all do. And so until we heal from them, well, we won't heal from them. So we cannot depend on others for our healing process. We have to let go of, and I, and I use let go loosely here because I also don't like the expression to let go, as you maybe know about me. I like it in the context of like mindfulness-based cognitive therapy or uh, mindfulness meditation and that kind of thing. And in the context within, you know, and within the context of, uh, yeah, well, like not attaching to a certain thing, but I never mean let go as in, oh, this thing that you're feeling that is obviously troubling you. Yeah, let it go. I don't mean that, just so we're clear. Um, but yeah, so we let go of this attachment that we have uh, to changing the other person and thinking that changing the other person will heal us. It will absolutely not. Okay, that is our addiction to control and that is leading with ego. We think that if we change the person and that if we get the interaction that we want or the dynamic that we want or that we get to prove our point and be right and make everything better, even though it might be coming from a place of love and that's okay and that's great, doesn't matter, doesn't mean it's from a bad place, okay? Ego is not bad. Um, even if we're coming from a good place and we think we're doing all the things to make it better, we need to let go of the attachment we have to fixing, changing, and thinking that those changing, that that changing and that fixing will heal us. Okay? We need to let go of our attachment 
to heal, to fixing and changing someone, we're changing a dynamic, we're fixing a dynamic, we're changing and fixing someone's behavior, whatever you want to call it, we have to lose our attachment, let go of our attachment to that, and most importantly, let go of our attachment to the idea or to the belief that if we do change or fix so-and-so or this person or their behavior or this interaction or that dynamic, that it will heal us. It will not. It will not. Only you can heal you. Only you can heal you, I promise you. There's nothing that anybody can do and there's no way that a dynamic can change or that uh, interactions can change that will heal you when you have healing to do. And again, we all have healing to do, okay? So this is a normal part of the human experience, okay? We... And normal part. I don't even like the word normal, to be honest. But <laughs> no, but this is all part of the human experience, okay? So we all have to heal. But no amount of attachment or even obsession with this notion of fixing or changing a person or dynamic will actually heal us. So we need to let go of our attachment to that belief. That belief that by changing or fixing someone or something, that we will heal. That's what we need to let go of. And I've repeated that several times because it's really, really important. Like, we understand it intellectually sometimes, but we don't really understand it emotionally. So let that sink in and always repeat it to yourself. No amount of changing, fixing. And first of all, we can't change or fix anyone, as we've discussed. We cannot. So first of all, we need to let go of our attachment to the notion of fixing or changing someone else or our dynamic with someone else. We cannot. We can... We can have a choice and a say in how we behave and how we live, but that's it. But that does not change our dynamic and it certainly does not change another person. And it does not fix a problem. Okay? So we let go of our attachment to the notion of fixing and changing. And then we let go of our attachment to the belief that changing or fixing will heal us. And you can also go the other way and let go of the belief or your attachment of the belief. Uh, let go of your attachment to the belief that by changing or fixing someone, it will make anything better for you or that it will actually heal you. And then from there, you'll be able to let go of your attachment to healing or fixing. Whatever way, whatever angle makes more sense to you. But remember that. Make it your mantra. And you'll see that when you let go of that attachment, you have a lot more space inside of you to focus on your healing journey and filling your life with all the things that serve you, yeah? And making your life one that is fulfilling and consciously, that you make it consciously fulfilling and happy and healthy for yourself. All right. Okay, so that's it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, reach out to me anytime if you have any questions about anything at all. I'm always there to help. You can find me at genangela.com. That's Jen with a G, genangela.com or on Instagram at jen.angela or at Connect Home Yoga. All the links are in the show notes. Don't forget to join our free community. Connect Home Yoga community is always free and you can join anytime. And you can also join our private Facebook group, which you can find uh, in the show notes as well. And don't forget that on the 10th of August, we have the BB membership opening for enrollment. I'm so excited and a lot of fun things to come uh, up until the end of the year. So there's a lot just up until Christmas. There's going to be some fun stuff going on. So yeah, stay tuned for that. All right. Until next week, 
Wherever you are, I hope that you're well, I hope that you're safe, and I hope that you're happy. Namaste.